This is a plant and quarry owned by the largest road paver in America, CRH. In 2022, it made $32.7 billion. From this quarry comes the rock that will become this. There are about 2.8 million miles of roads in the United States. Companies like CRH are newly flush with billions from the U.S. government, the largest buyer of asphalt in the country. If you look purely at the dollars, you'd say it's the golden age of infrastructure. Uh, the magnitude of the investment, $1.2 trillion over the next five years, a 50% increase from a federal standpoint. But there are some strings attached. More money is going to projects that prove they are better for the environment. The companies have the technology, but implementing it is not so easy. It's one thing to say, hey, let's use this recycled material. This is great. It's a win-win until you look at it and you go, yeah, but the performance is going to be lousy. Of the nearly 3 million roads in the U.S., 94% are surfaced with asphalt. Asphalt is a mixture of aggregate and a petroleum-based binder. The small percentage of surfaces not paved with asphalt are made of concrete, a more rigid material that is better for vertical structures, bridges, overpasses, even buildings. Its rigidity makes it more prone to cracking. When concrete needs to be replaced, the whole structure needs to be removed. Asphalt, on the other hand, is more flexible. It is applied in layers. A crew can resurface an asphalt road by shaving off and replacing the top layer. And more importantly, a piece of a road, a single lane on a freeway, can be ripped up and replaced without disturbing the rest. So what am yeah. I looking at here? So this is our broken up asphalt. Depending on where you are, you're gonna have something different. So asphalt isn't just the same everywhere. No. It really varies. No. About 30% of America's urban roads are in poor condition. They carry 70% of the 3.2 trillion miles driven annually in the country. And the reason for that is there is more and heavier traffic than ever. A 2019 report from the Transportation Research Board requested by Congress showed that much of the country's interstate highway system is built on foundations that are 50 to 60 years old paving over aging foundations is producing diminishing returns. Most of the system would need to be reconstructed from the ground up, and that would require nearly doubling the investment in the long term to make those improvements. If you took every lane mile owned by TxDOT, you could drive around the Earth's circumference eight times almost 200,000 lane miles of roadway that doesn't include county roads and city streets. And so if you think about the scale of the network that we have, it's huge. And so financing that network and maintaining it is a really big deal. At the federal level, most of the money to repair roads comes from the Highway Trust Fund, which historically has been funded mostly through taxes on gasoline and diesel. Those taxes haven't been raised in decades. The fund has had to rely on transfers from general federal revenues to stay afloat. Every few years, it is not on a regular schedule, Congress passes big bills to authorize spending on highways and transportation. 
Hence the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. Signed into law in November 2021, it was a historic investment set to boost federal highway spending by 50% over five years. The magnitude is what's really significant here. When we look at the magnitude of that opportunity, uh, we're encouraged because I think we play in the markets where much of that dollar will flow. The Biden administration has made combating climate change a top priority. Purchasing materials that can demonstrate lower carbon emissions throughout their life cycle is an integral part of that. Among other things, the industry is touting asphalt's 95% recyclability rate. It's made investments in substances like warm mix asphalt, which can be made at lower temperatures, therefore reducing carbon emissions at plants and on roads. These technologies, companies say, are positioning the industry to take advantage of this new era in infrastructure spending. Sixty-five percent of the asphalt industry's business comes from publicly funded contracts. Most of those are for highways, and there is a small share for airstrips. The remainder of the industry's business is commercial and residential. About half of public contracts are federally funded. The other half are state and local. Contracts range in size dramatically. In 2021, the federal government spent $50 billion on federal aid highways, which include interstate highways and other highways and roads. These make up about a quarter of all the roads in the United States. Roughly 60% of that money goes toward pavements. In 2022, that rose to $70 billion because of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. The infrastructure bill passed by Congress and signed by President Biden in 2021. The Consolidated Appropriations Act passed in late 2022 added another $70 billion. Federal funding for road and bridge construction is expected to total $360 billion over the five years from the date the bill was signed into law in November 2021 through 2026. This facility belongs to Tilcon, an asphalt company in the Northeast United States. It is a subsidiary of one of the largest asphalt companies in the world, CRH. CRH sells a lot of other building materials too, somewhat unusual among competitors. The company also builds with what it sells. At one point we sold asphalt and aggregate and ready-mix concrete. Now to our end customers, we sell a road and, and maintain that surface, which is a big evolution for the business. Of the $32.7 billion CRH made in 2022, $20.5 billion came from North America. You have a company which has been generating, particularly over the last number of years, very attractive returns on the assets that they're operating. They have shown very strong levels of margin resilience, particularly as the cost backdrop has been quite volatile. Its road paving business made up half of its North American revenue. That business has 830 locations across 41 states and two in Canada. Construction is a 50-mile radius around any one of our plants. It's the weight of the product itself. Uh, heavy construction materials only travel so far. Uh, otherwise, they become un, uh, economically unviable. So it's important to have a network of plants and reserves in key strategic areas. As of May 26th, share prices had increased by 25% since the beginning of 2023. A shareholder who bought the stock when the group was formed would have an annual return of 14.8%. They'd have a bit less if they'd bought it in 2013. A group of US peers has had a slightly higher overall return in that time. But CRH has outperformed global peers. We've done a lot of analysis on their returns on invested capital. 
they generate a premium to the rest of the sector. We think that those returns are defensible. We think that they can reinvest the excess capital that they generate in the business into expanding the business. In 2023, it plans to distribute $960 billion in dividends and repurchase nearly $2.6 billion in shares. Combining these figures implies $3.5 billion in shareholder returns, equivalent to about 9% of CRH's existing enterprise value. The average of its construction materials peers was 3% last year, and the dividend yield on US peers is lower. I think the stock performance has been good over time. My particular view would be that there isn't enough appreciation of the quality of the assets that they have, firstly, of how differentiated their proposition is and how much value they're delivering to customers. And we also have a loadout screen which we control all three scales for the trucks that we ask to come on and we pretty much tell them what silo to go to for the product that they're asking for. CRH's business is vulnerable to the construction industry's cyclical ups and downs. A few factors lessen this. Almost a quarter of revenue is infrastructure related. Over the past 25 years, US infrastructure spending has had about a third of the volatility as the residential construction market. CRH also has what some analysts say to be the largest aggregates reserves in the US. Because aggregates are hard to mine and ship, that business has proven stable over time. Being a supplier and builder at once also can protect it. What that brings in terms of benefits to larger contracts and, and, and more complex infrastructure projects is the ability to ordinarily reduce project times, reduce costs. They can incorporate sustainability into a project. And of course, ultimately, it is that value that they're delivering to their customers, which gives us the confidence to say that the margins they're generating, the returns they're generating, should have a good runway into the future and might even improve thereafter. The company is currently listed on the London Stock Exchange, but will be moving to the New York Stock Exchange on or around September 25th, 2023. We think that'll enable more scaling of this differentiated strategy, and it will enable them to, you know, enhance their organic growth prospects, which have always been quite attractive. But at the moment, there aren't any real chinks in the armor. Money from the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act is flowing in. About half of it is going to maintenance projects and the other half is going to build new roads. We are bidding on those jobs today. We've secured work and our backlogs would be up versus last year, which is encouraging to see as states really tackle some of the most challenging infrastructure projects that we have. Because it operates in several sectors, CRH expects to benefit from the $370 billion Inflation Reduction Act, which supports domestic energy production and manufacturing. The company sees an opportunity to provide concrete for wind turbines and utilities. There is also the $280 billion Chips and Science Act, intended to increase U.S. semiconductor capacity and foster regional high-tech hubs. The bump in domestic manufacturing and onshoring produced plans for about 30 mega-projects, each worth more than $1 billion in 2022. That confluence of money, I think, really provides a unique opportunity, and we're bidding and actually executing on projects with that money today. While the overall outlook appears quite bullish, there are challenges. First, the IIJA might not be helping as much as it seems. While it has boosted funding by about 50%, inflation has driven up highway construction costs by nearly 30%. 
it's a challenge for our customer. And so if we're customer focused, it becomes a challenge for us as well. Two tools CRH says it can use to reduce contract costs, design and circularity. So I think that's why well, it's very important, especially in infrastructure, to work early on in the construction design phase to really find out exactly the needs of that specific project. When you build a road, not any road is the same. It requires different aggregate, different asphalt, different longevity in terms of the outcome of that roadway. So working early on could help mitigate the kind of the cost inflation. CRH says recycled pavements can lower costs. At the moment, about 25% of every mile of pavement it lays down is made of recycled materials. That's a benefit to the taxpayer. It keeps the cost down in terms of the overall uh, product for ourselves, but also, more importantly, for our customers. That allows a State Department of Transportation to take on more projects than they would typically do because of that leading uh, focus on sustainability and circularity. Recycled asphalt pavement, or wrap, is what it sounds like. Asphalt that has been pulled up off the road, ground up, and used again. More than 95% of existing asphalt is recycled, but nationwide, only about 20% of the new roads laid down are made of recycled asphalt. That is an average. Some states use much more. Michigan allows up to 50%, and CRH has test projects in aggregate poor Florida, which are using up to 70%. The industry is trying to increase the allowable share of recycled asphalt to 50%. As of 2023, many states cap the percentage of recycled asphalt in any given mix, primarily over fears it won't perform as well as virgin pavement. Again, one of asphalt's strengths is that it's flexible. It can hold heavy loads without cracking as easily as concrete. The ideal asphalt mixture is one that flexes just enough without cracking and without forming the kinds of ruts you might see on an old unrepaired road. But asphalt ages in the field, and when it does, it gets stiffer. When rap was first introduced in the 1980s, there were failures. Those experiences have contributed to the caps. I'm not saying that we have it completely figured out, but we're a lot farther along than we were 15 years ago. And I think you're gonna to start to see the performance of a lot of your pavements improve because of that and improve with a more recycled footprint in them. Asphalt laboratories, often at universities, are exploring a wide range of research. This includes testing different mixes of aggregate to see how well they perform over the long term. They are exploring higher performing binders and testing both recycled asphalt as well as other materials such as ground up tires or recycled plastics. One of our biggest challenges comes in, how do we take what we learn in the lab and predict what's gonna happen in the field? Because in the field, you're building it under traffic, you're building it with heavy equipment that you know spans out 20 foot wide, you're, you're rolling it with seven foot wide rollers. It's cooling at different temperatures, right? So what happens in the lab and what happens in the field, two very different things. And so ton of research going into what do our tests in the lab tell us about what's gonna happen in the field so that we can make better decisions on what materials to put into our mixes to get the type of performance we want. And researchers like Organis say one of the best sustainability and long-term cost saving measures is building roads that last longer. How do we rebuild these roadways under traffic in such a way that we'll get another 60 years out of them? Because there's not a light switch. You can't just turn these roadways off. People use them, commerce uses them. How are we gonna rebuild these things under traffic? How are we gonna do it fast without sacrificing quality? It's a huge challenge.